Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. How are you? God bless you all. Hello to you. How are you? God bless you. Thank God for you, 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 and you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on tonight. Thank you so very much. It's Tuesday night, Biblical Tools Tuesday, which is our Bible study night. And so we're happy and excited to be with you all on this Tuesday night. Uh, we've missed you for the last couple of Tuesdays. <laughs> well, last week we had our bow summit. So we um we we were out we were on friday of last week and so we thank god for you all thank you for joining us hello everyone god bless you do me a favor if you don't mind like and share like and share if you don't mind all right god bless you thank you for joining us thank you for being with us hello mom hey kendria how are you god bless you on tonight we're happy to see everyone. Do me a favor, like and share if you don't mind. Okay, so we want to um, have our um, Bible study tonight. We're still in our series. We're a little bit behind. Um, I, sometimes, sometimes I can't, well, no times I really can um, work it out. If I have something going on um, with work, then it kind of pulls on me a little bit. And that was the problem the, the week before that, that I actually had some cases. We're praying to God about some things. Yes. <laughs> so we thank God. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank God. Hallelujah for all of you. Uh, we bless God for each and every one of you. Um, uh, do me a favor. If you have not have not as of yet, go to our YouTube channel and go to Pastor BJ Connections and do me a favor, go ahead and subscribe and follow us there on our YouTube channel, as well as if you have Periscope, then go on there and follow us as well on Periscope, Pastor BJ Connections. All right. And if you have not liked our church page, then like our church page, Overcome our Outreach Christian Center, like our church page. And um, that way you can stay abreast of all the latest, all the stuff that are coming up. We are, you know, brainstorming, praying, brainstorming and praying <laughs> um, for 2021. We are fastly leaving 2020. And so we thank God for that because uh, I'm over um, 2020 and I like a lot of other people. So we thank God for you all. And I'm just excited to be with you all on tonight, this Tuesday. I missed you all. And so we are back here for our Bible study and I just dropped my pen, but that's okay. All right. So we are back here for our Bible study Tuesday night, Tuesday biblical tools. And so um, we want you all to um, get your Bibles uh, or, or your devices, however you read the word of God. We're in our series and we're going to um, continue on in our series. I'm going to try to pull us forward a little bit because we missed a couple of um, weeks with Bible study. Last week was our Bow Summit. Let me tell y'all something, Bow Summit 2020. Let me tell y'all, if you missed Bow Summit 2020, you honestly missed a powerful move of God. Um, Bishop J. Donald Edwards ministered Friday night live 
Facebook, YouTube, and the Periscope Live. You can get all, you can see that on any of the platforms. Um, the video is still up there. He did, that man of God walked so heavy on Friday night. It was just, woo, it was mind blowing. So we thank God for God using the man of God, Bishop J. Donald Edwards, and um, how he ministered the word of God to us on Friday night and how God, he spoke prophetically. Um, and, and so he made the word simple and uh, made it applicable so that you can apply it to your life. <laughs> so definitely, definitely you don't, you want to go back and watch that. And then if you did not register and you were not um, part of the RSVP or registration um, for our um, Saturday empowerment session, which was private Zoom session. If you did not chime in with that, you missed this woman of God, um, uh, Prophetess Tiffany Montgomery. My God, she just ministered. She gave some very valuable points and 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 just took us to another level. Um, she dealt with business oil and worship, which is actually the acronym for the Bow Summit: business oil and worship. And she did just that. So did Prof, uh, Prophet Bishop um, J. Donald Edwards. So we thank God for all of you all, especially the man and the woman of God that delivered such powerful words during last week, Friday and Saturday. Thank you all for those who have was praying for us, those who wanted to be a part, but unfortunately you couldn't be a part. Thank you for those who were a part of all of this. So God bless you. Thank you so very much. We love you. Um, I'll get ready. Uh, we were, we're not doing it just yet, but shortly soon we will be beginning to pray and brainstorm for Bow Summit 2021. You don't want to miss it. So stay tuned. Um, Go subscribe to our YouTube channel and Periscope and um, and our church page. And guess what? You'll be up on all the latest stuff. Also, you can just go to our website as well. All right. And go to our website and you could be up on all the latest stuff that is coming up in 2021. We, we're planning all that stuff. God bless you. Hey, Sister Gloria. God bless you. Hello. God bless you. Love you much. Hey, Sister Pamela, how are you doing? Um, Sister Baltimore, Pamela Baltimore, God bless you. Thank you all for chiming in and tuning in. Go ahead and share, like, and share if you don't mind. All right, so let's get to the word of God. Let's get to the word of God on tonight. I want to bring us forward. Um, I definitely want to bring us forward in um, um, our series because we are still in our series. And, and our series is who is God's choice? Who is God's choice? The coming of a new era, the coming of a new era. We're technically probably in part um, three, but we're going to squeeze part two and three together, which we probably would have been teaching on. So this is part two, but we're squeezing all of that together a little bit. All right. So we're still in our series. Who is God's choice? The coming of a new era. This is part two. And so we thank God for you, you, you and you. So come on, let us pray on tonight. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. God, we love you on today. We ask that Lord God, that you will have your way on tonight. God, we ask that you will open up your people's ears to give them ears to hear what the spirit has to say on tonight. I am not my own God, but I'm bought with the price. And I ask the Lord God, you will allow self to sit down and you stand up boldly on the inside. God, I pray that you you will send a fresh wind and a fresh anointing. 
anointing. Give me the right words and the necessary words to speak unto your people on tonight. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let it be acceptable in thy sight. My Lord, my Savior, and my Redeemer. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, awesome. All right, so let's go into the word of God. While you have your Bibles, go with me. We're going to read where our focus scriptures are at. First uh, Samuel, the eighth chapter. First Samuel, the eighth chapter. We're going to read right there. All right. Um, First Samuel, the eighth chapter. Um, we're going to read from the eight, the first verse to the ninth verse, and then we're going to skip all the way down to the 18th through the 19th verses. Okay, here begins the reading of God's word. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his, he made his sons judges over Israel. Verse two, now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abihai. Ab, Abihai. Um, they were judges in Beersheba and his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. They did everything they were not supposed to do in the house of the Lord as as um, judges over Israel. And the word says in verse four, then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, behold, Thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Verse six. But the thing, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, "Give us a king to judge us." And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Verse seven. And the Lord said unto Samuel, "Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee." They have not rejected you, Samuel, but they have rejected me, that I shall not reign over them. Verse eight, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I have brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Verse nine, now therefore hearken unto their voice, how be it, yet protest solemnly. Listen, I know you're not in agreement with it, Samuel. I know you want to protest this against the people, but I don't want you to do it out loud. I want you to do it quietly by yourself solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a King. So when you get down to verses 11, all the way down um, to the uh, uh, um, verse 19, Samuel deals with what this king will really look like for them. Right. And so Samuel goes and I'm going to skip down for verses 18 through 19. He says, and ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen, which you shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. When you cry unto the Lord, because this king is not going to benefit you at all. All right. And you're going to cry unto the Lord, but the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refuse to obey the voice of Samuel. And they say, nay, 
but we will have a king over us. They were adamant that they wanted a king over them. For, I'm going to read verse 20, and then, then we're going to go into the recap of, of chapter uh, of the first part, chapter part one, excuse me. So verse 20 says that we also may be like, let's, let's go back to verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refuse to obey the voice of Samuel and they say, nay, but we will have a king over us. And then verse 20 says that we also may be like all the nations that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Ooh, right? So we're gonna be we're gonna conclude our reading there. Hey Marie, how are you? That's my cousin Marie. All right. So now let's recap part one because it's been a couple of weeks. So I want to recap part one real quickly. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on part one, but I want us to bring everybody forward as we move forward. Okay. So our 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 textual um thought for this series is who is God's choice? Who is God's choice? Our sub um, topic is the coming of a new era. And so we talked about the time in which we're living in, um, that people, that the time in which we're living in, um, there are those who are socially, economically, and most definitely spiritually conscious. Um, we talked about that there is a changing of the guard that is taking place. Um, and not only in the body of Christ, but also in the government arena. Why? Because this is an election year. Um, we talked about that there is a posture that we need to have during this time. And we said that posture has three components and that posture of prayer of purpose in a position, posture of prayer, purpose in a position. And we talked about that. We said that the prayer is the communication with and from God. You just don't go to God in prayer and talk to God and God not talk back to you. It is a monologue. It is not a die. Excuse me. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. Okay. So when you talk to God, God wants to talk back to you. All right. And then we talked about the purpose, our posture of purpose. Purpose. It is the the what, the how, and the timing of God. Then we talked about our posture of a position. Now we're not talking about titles. We're not talking about titles, but we're talking about the where of God. So the position is where God will have you to be. The position God is positioning people for a purpose and the erecting of an altar. When we talk about an erecting of an altar, we're dealing specifically with worship and sacrifice. We're dealing with worship and sacrifice. All right. We talked about there is a changing of the guards who will be, and there are people that God has, there is a remnant that God has set aside and set apart for such a time as this, that these, that during this course of the changing of the guard, those uh, uh, that are going off the scene, now there has to be some people or some individuals, some persons that come forward um, in the vein in which they need to come forward in and prepare 
prepare th that God has already been preparing them on the backside or in the valley place. They had been in hiding for a moment, but now God is about to bring them forward. God has allowed an era to end and a new era to begin. Who is God's choice? And we talked about, right, um, that we're facing an unprecedented era during this time, right? We talked about our PowerPoint moment. The first PowerPoint moment that we gave you all during part one is familiarity is a spirit of complacency, which will cause you to miss God and what and, and miss what God is saying. Familiarity is a spirit of complacency, which will cause you to miss God and what God is saying. Somebody type in the chat box, I don't want to miss God. I cannot miss God, uh, not in this hour. Don't wanna miss God and cannot miss God. During this time, man, man, it's not so much of who you were connected to and who you have known, but who God is connecting you to now for and in the future. It's not, God, you already know who you were connected to. You already know quite a few people, but God says, I'm making new connections in this hour, in this time, for now and for your future. My God, not just for your future, just to have a future, but your future purpose. My God. So God is connecting you to who you need to be connected to for a purpose for his glory and for his honor. Amen. God bless you, Alyssa. God bless you. Thank God for you. Amen. Who is God's choice? So we talked about on the first time around, amen. We talked about the book. We were in the book of Samuel, the first Samuel, right? We talked about that there was a man by the name of Eli, a high priest during the era in the time of the judges. Uh, we talked about uh, the book of judges and how we, um, taught out of the book of Judges, good motives with negative results, dealing with a man by the name of Gideon. All right, we talked about that the book of Judges uh, um, was named after leaders who served as spiritual authorities as well as political mobilizers and military leaders. They had a position, they had a purpose as judges. Uh, uh, so then we, we, we went down and we talked about um, that there was a change, right? We talked about uh, um, that at this particular time, all right, after Joshua's death and the generations of Joshua, there that the children of Israel, that Israel now succumbs to moral and civil anarchy, a state of disorder due to the absence of a non-recognized authority. Uh, they didn't have anyone that was sitting right there to actually, amen, be in the position of authority. Uh, and so we realized something that something took place, um, uh, we realized that there was a changing and a shifting a ch uh, 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 that was happening because we go into the book of Ruth, who was a Moabitess, but she marries a man by the name of Boaz. And in their union, they began to produce what will be the end of one era and bring about a new era. We talked about that in the as Boaz and Ruth, they joined 
join union, uh, they have a marriage that takes place. And because of their marriage, it ends one era and begins a new era. All right. They begin to produce that which will reproduce that which will bring about a change. They, Boaz and Ruth, began to produce. And when they produce, they begin, then those that they produce started to reproduce and it began to bring about a change in an era. So we talked about all of that in part one, go back and look at it. Uh, uh, you could go on our YouTube channel or uh, uh, you could go scroll down our timeline and you will begin to, amen, uh, you can see uh, that teaching. So what happens, that's part one. So we go through this with the with, with when we deal with Ruth. Now we open up in first Samuel, right? Because Ruth lies between Judges and First Samuel. Ruth is in between those. And so when we open up, amen, in First Samuel, we find out that Israel is struggling once again under ineffective leadership. My God, does that not sound like the state that we're already in right now? Israel is now struggling once again under ineffective leadership. Uh, uh, we find out that uh, Eli has uh, two wives by the name of Hannah and Penina. Uh, they, the birth of Samuel is coming forth. We find out that Eli's son are corrupt. We find out that Hannah prays and who Eli, right? Who Hannah prays, well, not Hannah. They weren't Eli's wives, but um, Hannah and Penina, what happens, they pray. And what happens? The high priest Eli thought that Hannah, well, Hannah prays, thought that Hannah was actually drunk when she prayed in 1 Samuel 13 and 17, right? And and that was not the case. She was actually praying for to the Lord because she was grieved in her heart because Penina was torturing her and and and, and bullying her uh, because she could not have any children. Ah, Hannah could not produce uh, uh, at the time where she was, where she thought that she should have been producing. Don't get discouraged if you're not producing what you think you should be producing right now, because there is a Samuel that's about to come. Oh my God. Hey, God bless you. Uh, brother Kelly, Georgie, God bless you. Amen. Don't get discouraged if you're not producing what you think you should be producing in this hour, because there is a Samuel that's about to come. And so after um, uh, 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 she prayed, the Bible said that she goes home uh, to her husband, Elkanai, and he lay with her and she conceived and she brought forth a son by the name of Samuel, right? Um, um, and what did uh, 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 Hannah kept her vow to the high priest. She kept her vow to the Lord and she gave Samuel over to the high priest, which, which, which was Eli. And so we talked about that, that after, listen, listen to this, after Eli is cut off by the Lord, he is too old, right? Samuel is given the position of priest, prophet, and judge. Look at that. Samuel is given the position of priest, prophet, and judge. God calls Samuel in chapter three, verses 10 through 12. And after the call of Samuel, something happens. War breaks out with the Philistines in chapter four. War breaks out. The Philistine takes the Ark of the Covenant from the children of Israel. Eli dies and the Lord and the glory of the Lord departs from his people. My God. We talked about all of this in uh, the first part. We're in part two. I'm only doing a recap because because I'm doing a recap this way because of the simple fact that we missed like two Tuesdays, all right? Because we had the bow summit last week. And then the week before that, I had some work obligations that I could not get 
um, them. But anyway, so let's, let's look at this. So now war breaks out. And they steal the Ark of the Covenant. They take the Ark of the Covenant of God and they place the Ark of the Covenant of God in their temple with their God named Dagon. And the Bible tells us in chapter five, if you read it, it tells us that uh, that when they placed uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant in the place, same place of Dagon, when they came in the next morning, Ashdod, when he came in the next morning, what happens? Dagon is on his face. It didn't happen just once. It didn't, it didn't happen twice. Read the story, chapter five. We don't got time to deal with all of that tonight. But listen, uh, so what happens? He He's down on his faith. He's worshiping God. I don't know about you. Amen. The Bible is true to its word. It says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So now we're in part two. Now we're in part two today, tonight. All right. So now as we're leaving out of chapter five, as we're beginning to leave out of chapter five, verses six through 12, the Bible says that the Lord, all right, the, that, that the Philistines, they call the Lord's the small L-O-R-D-S, the small L-O-R-D-S, not, they call the Lords together. When it, when you read this at this particular time, what is it saying? It's actually saying that the Philistine called their leaders of the cities. With the, the cities were five royal cities that the Philistine occupied. There were five royal cities, right? And the five royal cities were Gath, Ekron, Ashdod, Ashkelon and Gaza or Gaza. All right. So what happens, right? Uh, uh, they, they call the Lords, the little case L-O-R-D-S. In other words, if we were to put it in modern day times, it was like the mayors or the governors of those cities, the mayors of those cities. So the, the Philistine called all the Lords from these cities and they wanted them to come together. And because the Philistine realizes something that uh, uh, they had this Ark of the Covenant of God and they did not know what to do with it. The Bible says that once they sat around and they talked to one another, all the Lord, the Lords, the modern day time, the mayors, they sat around, they talked about it of the five cities. They said, what can we do with this Ark of the Covenant? The Bible says that they said, okay, let's take it to Gath. Let's take it to the city of Gath, G-A-T-H, Gath. And the Ark of the Covenant was taken to actually three cities because when they took the Ark of the Covenant, it to Gath. What happened? The Ark of the, they they put the Ark of the Covenant in Gath, and it, a plague takes over the land. Destruction begins to happen in the land. Sickness begins to happen in the land. There are things that transpire in the land that was not transpiring. And so, what the Bible says is that they moved it from Gath and they took it to Ekron and Ashdod. They they take this Ark of the Covenant to three different cities, and every city that they took the Ark of the covenant to, the Bible says that uh, destruction began to happen. Plagues began to happen. People started getting sick. Uh, uh, people started dying in these cities. Every time they took the Ark of the Covenant someplace. So this is your PowerPoint moment uh, for tonight. Uh, this is your PowerPoint moment. You cannot see God doing, uh, uh, doing everything 
The reason why you cannot see God during uh, uh, this time, because you have placed him in a place and surrounded him with people who don't worship him or know him. Uh, let me say that one more time. The reason why you cannot see God moving in your life the way you want to see God moving in your life is because you have taken God to a place and surrounded him with people who don't worship him or know him. You allowed God to be in an environment, in an atmosphere with people who don't know him or worship him. My God, why did you move God from your worship? My God, why did you move God from your worship? Some of us are struggling because we no longer, amen, have the attitude and the posture of worship with God. Amen. We move God. And so now we got other people that's taking more time with us than God, Then we're serving God and we're worshiping God. We have more people and more places that we're visiting and God ain't in those places. God said, I just want you to come to me. And I want you to worship me for who I am and watch me move on your behalf. Why did you move God from your worship? My God, hallelujah. Amen. So, so now, amen, we, we leaving out of chapter five. And now we're beginning to go into chapter six of first, first Samuel. The Bible is still talking about the Ark of the Covenant. This is interesting. Uh, um, the main topic of chapter six and the only topic really of chapter six is about the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant of God. Uh, God, the Ark of God deals with uh, or symbolizes the presence of God. That's what it deals with, the presence of God. It deals specifically where God's presence belongs and who is capable of handling God's presence. My God. Because there is there is restrictions around who can handle the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, 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 there is uh, uh, God gave the children of Israel, the people uh, that he has chosen, the people that he has taken out of Egypt and out of bondage. He, the people that he has set apart and set aside for himself. Amen. He, he has uh, a people in which he wanted them to develop this Ark of the Covenant so that he can be with them. So that his presence can be with them. Who is God's choice? So uh, let's understand something a little bit about the Ark of the Covenant of God. Uh, God speaks to Moses and gives him instructions and, high, and had the Ark of the Covenant built. And, 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 and the Ark of the Covenant was to hold certain items and certain things, one being the Ten Commandments of God. The Israelites carried the Ark of the Covenant with them during their 40 years that they spent in the wilderness, wandering around in the wilderness. The Ark is taken from them by the Babylonian empire when they conquered the children of Israel, when they conquered Jerusalem in 587 BC. So when Babylonian came in and conquered Jerusalem in 587 BC, they took the Ark of the Covenant then. And, 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 and so we can go through the history of where the Ark of the Covenant ended up landing with the Philistines, right? The Ark of the Covenant, if you want to read about it, go to Exodus to 25th chapter. You'll begin, you can read all about it. 
don't have time to deal with all the details of the Ark of the Covenant. I'm trying to move us forward. Uh, and so the it also deals with when you go in Exodus the 25th chapter, it also deals with uh, the offering of the tabernacle. It deals with God wanting a tabernacle to actually amen. Uh, abide and reside and to be there in this particular tabernacle. And so the Bible says that God gives instructions for the tabernacle. All right. God gives instructions to uh, amen, the children of Israel to the priest uh, as to how they're supposed to deal in the tabernacle. The Bible, if you read in Exodus 25th chapter, it also talks about the mercy seat. It talks about the table of the showbread. It talks about the golden candlesticks read all of that because it's, it's very good and it's very informative all right and so it deals with the ark of the covenant it deals with the presence of god uh so the ark of the covenant of god is also known as the testimony it is the most it is considered to be the most sacred furnishing in the tabernacle so let me let me help y'all out a little bit the tabernacle in in biblical times is kind of like um it was uh what uh, it was mobile they were set the tabernacle up wherever they went to amen it was considered to be their church if you will in modern day times the tabernacle was mobile they would take it up they would erect it wherever they were setting up camp at and they would uh put the ark of the covenant in there and they would uh uh, the priest will be able to go in there and to worship God and to offer sacrifices unto God and so forth and so on. That was the tabernacle. And so uh, um, uh, when you deal with the Ark of the Covenant of God, it it was it was a chest like uh, uh, um, uh, structure. It was a chest like structure. It was approximately 45 inches long and 27 inches wide and 27 inches deep. All right. Y'all can do the math. Put that in feet forms. Okay. <laughs> so listen. So now what is the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant contained three things. The Ark of the Covenant contained the stone tablets on which the Ten Commandments were written. When God told Moses to write down the, the Ten Commandments and to present them before the children of Israel, Israel, amen. This was the these 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 tablets were in the Ark of the Covenant. It was a a, a, a structure. It was a box-like structure. All right. And so in Exodus 25, 16 through 21, you can read about them. And then also in the Ark of the Covenant was a golden pot of manna for the children of Israel when they journeyed through the wilderness because the Bible says in Exodus as they were going through the wilderness amen God allowed manna to come down from heaven to feed them so they never went hungry in the wilderness the Bible said that their clothes never waxed old and their shoes never amen waxed old isn't that a powerful God my God that will take care of you even in the midst of a wilderness all right and so the Bible says Amen. And you can read about that in Exodus 16, 32 through 34. And the Bible says that Aaron, the Aaron's rod, Aaron's rod, which blossomed or budded when God chose the tribe of a uh, tribe of Levi to be his priest among the children of Israel or the Israelites. Amen. His rod, Aaron's rod was also in the Ark of the Covenant of God. Numbers 6, 17, 1 through 17. So 
the Bible says now as we move forward, look what happens. Uh, the, the, the Philistines tempted to take the Ark of Covenant of God to three different cities. We already told you that. And it ended up staying in the cities of Philistines for seven months. They did not know what to do with this Ark because it did not belong to them. It did not, amen, it did not belong to them. They did not know what to do with it. So the Bible said that it stayed in the, with the Philistines for seven months. The Ark of the Philistine had the Ark, the presence of God, and it did not know what to do with it. They did not have no ideal as to what to do with it. Let me say this. This is another PowerPoint moment for you. There is a mishandling of God in this hour. And when you mishandle God, nothing in your life will prosper. Oh my God. You cannot mishandle God in this season, in this timing of your life. If you mishandle God in this hour, amen, there's nothing in your life is going to prosper. The children of Israel mishandled God. And what happened? They lost the Ark of the Covenant because they decided that they no longer wanted to worship God. They decided that they wanted to worship idols and be like other nations. And there was a mishandling of God. And because they mishandled God, amen, nothing that they did during this time would prosper. My God, my God. Don't mishandle God in this hour. Somebody put that in the chat. Don't mishandle God in this hour. Don't mishandle God. Amen. So the Bible says that the Ark of the Covenant of God stayed with the Philistines for seven months. It ended up causing plagues in the land. It ended up causing sickness and death in the land. It brought a man about destruction in the land of the Philistine. The Ark was with them for seven months and they did not know know what to do with it. Look at this. My God, look what the Lord showed me this. It blew my mind. All right. When you look at it, the Ark of the Covenant stayed with the enemy, stayed with idol worshipers, stayed with those who did not know God, those who did not serve God for seven months. It stayed there for seven months. Amen. And look what happens. Look at today. Look at us from March from the month of March to the month of October, it, it's seven months that we have been in this plague, seven months that we have been dealing with a pandemic that hit the world by the name of COVID-19 or coronavirus. Amen. For seven months, my God, for seven months, we have been dealing with this. Ha, oh, my God. Hallelujah. Amen. And today, look at this, look at this, look at this. And today, if we count from this day, uh, tomorrow, seven days from today. If we count seven days from today, it will be election day. My God. It will be seven days from election day. If we count from this, from this day, uh, seven days forward, it will be election day. My God. Completion, perfection, or the fulfilling of a promise or an old. That's what seven represents. But when we enter the month of November, November now changes and it now puts us into 
the eighth month, my God, which is the month of the election. What is an election? The right, the power, or the privilege of making a choice. Listen, listen, an election, we're going into the eighth month, which is a month of new beginnings. I told you there is a changing of the guards. I told you that people are about to come forward. People in the remnant are about to come forth and they're about to take places in seats and positions, amen, that God has been preparing them for, amen. We're about to enter into the month of election, amen. What is an election? The right the, the right, the power, or the privilege to make a choice. Joshua 24 and 15 says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. My God. Oh God. Jesus, look, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether it be the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood. Listen, somebody got to choose this day whom you going to serve. My God, or the gods of the Amorites. Are you going to choose the gods of your enemies? My God, or in the land in which you dwell. My God, I know we're living in the land of the land of the free, the home of the brave. My God, my God. Amen. Who are you going to serve on this day? You got to choose who you will serve my God and then listen he says but then Joshua makes a declaration at the end of all of that Joshua makes a declaration and he says as for me in my house my God oh God you come he says as for me in my house we will what serve the Lord my God who is God's choice in this hour come on give God some praise who is God's choice in this hour? Listen, we're coming to a very crucial time. Amen. God bless you, Alma. God bless you, Sister Alma. Amen. We're coming to a crucial time in our world. We're coming to a very crucial time in our nation. We're coming to a very crucial time in the body of Christ, in the ecclesia. Oh, my God. And it's you better decide, amen, whether or not you want to mishandle God or you going to serve God? Ah, God, who are you going to serve in this hour? Ah, I don't care who gets into office. Amen. But you better choose the Lord this day. I don't care who takes the oath. Amen. And stand with their hand on the Bible. Amen. You better know God for yourself in this hour. Amen. Because whether or not you believe it or not, amen, God will allow, amen, hallelujah, the enemy to take a seat just to get your attention. God would allow the enemy to take a seat in a position just to get you back to where he wants you to be. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't have to believe me. Amen. Hallelujah. But who is God's choice in this hour? My God. The Philistine had the presence of God with them. They had the Ark of the Covenant of God with them. And the people that were supposed to have the Ark of the Covenant, the children of Israel did not have the Ark of the Covenant. 
They were supposed to have God with them. Listen, I'm talking to the ecclesia. The ecclesia. I'm talking to the body of Christ right now. Amen. Do we got God? Do we have God? Do we? I know that was bad English. Do we have God? When I say got God, do we have him the way we're supposed to have him? Do we have him the way that we're supposed to have God? The children of Israel thought that they had God, but they mishandled God and God allowed the Philistine, the Babylonian empire to come and to take, amen, the Ark of the Covenant. Listen to me. Hear what I'm saying in this hour. You got to choose who you're going to serve. You got to either worship God or serve the gods of your enemy. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Who is God's choice? So the Philistines. They were still dealing with the plagues. They were still dealing with the destruction of the land. They were dealing with all this stuff because they had something that did not belong to them. Look at that. They had something that did not belong to them. The world has something that the body of Christ is supposed to have. Oh, my God. The world has something that the body of Christ is supposed to have. We should be able to stand up and say, what will be in the land and it respond listen then look at that the philistines had something that did not belong to them they had the presence of god and it did not belong to them so now when we get to chapter six i'm moving us forward because we're about to end this all right now now when we get to chapter six what happens i told you that the leaders of the philistines come together the priest in the diviners, right? The priest in the divin, 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 oh wow, diviners. They come to, to, they come together. Those who deal in divination, right? Those who worship idols, those who deal with sorcery, those who deal with, amen, witchcraft, those who deal in black magic. The priest. And the diviners, those who deal, right, with everything that's opposite of God, they come together. And the Bible says that as they come together, they want to talk about what do they what they need to do concerning this ark, the ark of the covenant of God. They're talking about. What, what what can we do? They're trying to figure out how they can return the Ark of the Covenant of God back to the rightful people, back to the place where it belongs. Listen, I want somebody to understand this. It's time to get back to God in prayer and worship. Somebody type that. It's time, get back to prayer and worship. Somebody type that, get back to prayer and worship so the enemy had enough sense to say listen we gotta get this ark back to the rightful people in the right place where it belongs this was after seven months though so the bible says that they also said listen when we send the ark back 
we need to send an offering with the ark. They talk about a guilt offering. They said we got to send a, they specifically said a guilt offering. We need to return this guilt offering back to when we, when we, when we return the ark back to the people, the rightful people in the right place. Right. And, and, and what happens? Let me tell you something. Sometimes the enemy can be real cocky. They said, we're going to send a guilt offering that in other words, they were trying to say that they were going to apologize for what they did. Um, but look what they did. The Bible says that they came together and they say they, they, they devised up a plan. They said, okay, this is the plan. This is the one, the thing that we're going to do. We're going to rebuild the cart to place the ark on it. We're going to put, rebuild a cart. We're going to place the ark on the cart. And, and I, the, the, the other thing that we need to do, we need to get two cows who had never been yoked before um, and give, and, but the cows need to have just given birth to small little cattle, right? And 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 they no longer have to once they give birth, let's let's take them. They they ain't gonna worry about them cattle. So we need those two cows. We need to reconstruct this cart to put the Ark of the Covenant on. And we need two cows who have never been yoked before. Then they said they will hitch the cows to the cart. And um, and when they hitched the cows to the cart, they said that they will have the cart. They will lead the cart in a direction. They would let the cows walk in a certain direction. And they said, but before we let the cows walk in a certain direction, we got to put our guilt offering on the cart. Look at this. We got to put our guilt offering on the cart. Look what they did. Look what. Oh my God, look what they did. Their guilt offering was golden tumors of representation of the tumors that the people were getting in the land, as well as images of a golden rat that was running rapid in the land because God was destroying them and dealing with them because they had something that did not belong to them, right? And so what happens is that now, now they have these, again, idols that's attached to the ark. They said, but this is going to be our guilt offering. This is going to be the thing that we're going to give to the children of Israel to show them and to their God to show them that we're sorry. My God. Listen, so then what happens? They said, we're going to allow the cows. We're going to point them in a certain direction. And we're going to allow the cows to walk in a certain direction. And when the cows walk in a certain direction, if they go over the border, look at this. If they go over the border and toward Beth Shemesh, Beth Shemesh, right? If it goes over to the border, Beth Shemesh, then we'll know that it was God who brought the turmoil upon them. They still did not believe that it was God that was bringing the destruction and the turmoil in their land and all their life. My God, they still not believe that. They said, if the cows do not walk over the border, 
then, and it goes back another way and the cows turn around and come back, then we know that this plague and this destruction is just a coincidence. My God, my God. How many of you know that God will never allow the enemy to make him out to be a coincidence? Woo! God will never allow the enemy to make him out to be a coincidence. So God, amen, the Bible says that the cows began to walk and the cows walked over the border of Beth Shemesh, right? Beth Shemesh, right? The cows walk over this border. So they knew that it was the Lord Jehovah that actually caused the turmoil, amen, to come upon them. This is your other PowerPoint moment. We're just, we're done for tonight. This is your other PowerPoint moment. God will never allow the enemy to make him out to be a consequence. My Jesus, amen, hallelujah. The PowerPoint moment is during this time, stop insulting God by giving God what you think he wants rather than giving God what he asks for. I'm going to close my Bible on that one. I'm going to close my Bible on that one. Amen. Listen, stop insulting God in this hour by giving God what you think he wants rather than giving God what he asked for. God is asking for prayer and worship because the Bible that says men ought to always pray and never faint. And then the Bible says that they meant they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Not everybody can worship God, but you got to have clean hands and a pure heart in order to worship God. God is calling us back to prayer and worship. And when we get back to prayer and worship God will let you see who is his choice my God hallelujah amen stop insulting God in this time in this hour by giving God what you think he wants rather than giving God what he's asking for amen we're still in the series and I'm, I'm finished for tonight all right, we're right there. I'm trying to stay within my time frame with everything. Amen. And we covered a lot of we covered a lot on tonight. Amen. Because we're we're really trying to get to um the eighth chapter and the ninth chapter. Amen. We're really trying to get there. But this is what happens. All right. They are insulting God. The enemy is insulting God. Listen. We got to get back to prayer and fasting in worship. We have to. We need this thing to turn around. We've been in this thing seven months, seven months. Something's wrong with this picture. Something's wrong with this picture in the body of Christ. All this prayer that's supposed to be going forth, all this prayer that's supposed to, all this fasting that's going forth, and it hasn't changed yet. We're in this thing seven months, but I believe, I just believe that we're coming out of this thing. I want you all to be encouraged. I want you all to hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Know that God is not. He has not forgotten about you. Listen, I got worship music going on in the background. 
and just so happens I surrender all is plain. Some of us need to surrender to God and stop playing with God. Surrender and let God be God. We love you all. We thank God for you all. We thank God for, amen, his word. We're going to come back on next Tuesday. We might come back a little early. I'm not sure, all right, to try to cover some ground because there's, you know, um, the election is next week, right? The election is next week. And so we probably want to come back um, next week, Tuesday is actually the election. So we might come earlier because I don't want to keep missing the series. It takes too much to bring it all together. Less my job. I can't, I, nothing I can do if I get a case and I got to be out late. That's just nothing I can do about that. Um, however, you know, we pray, we pray about that too. Trust me when I tell you, we pray about it. Like, God, I can't have a case tonight, but sometimes it just happens. All right. So we're going to be doing part three on um, coming up soon. We might not do it next week because of next week is election, but we probably will do it earlier than next week. All right. We probably will do it earlier than next week. So stay tuned. Um, tap on notifications to know when we come on. Make sure you 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 have your notifications on so that you'll you know you'll know when we coming on. Amen. God bless you all. Tap your notifications. Okay. Um, tap notifications so you'll know when we coming on because we might come on earlier because election is next week and everybody's gonna be you know mine is gonna be on that. All right. So tap your notifications. You'll know when we coming on. All right. So we thank God for you all. Join us tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. for Breaking Up Day Prayer Conference call. 15 minutes can change your life. Listen, join us every Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. 6.30 a.m. We will be back here on tomorrow for Breaking Up Day Prayer Conference call. We're going to be praying. I'm really praying about some things. Um, the Lord, I just had a dream last night. I need to talk to some people. Um, I had a dream last night and I really want to get some understanding and clarity on it. Um, so, um, and the Lord really deals with me in dreams. And so I, I definitely want to get some understanding and clarity. So pray for us. Join us tomorrow morning for prayer. We will be praying. And so we want to pray for you on tonight. Listen, we got some great things coming up just by way of announcements on uh, Friday, Friday, Friday. Um, let me take that down. Friday. Um, November the 6th, November the 6th, we're going to change that. Sorry, uh, which one? <laughs> November the 6th, Friday, November the 6th, we will be having a couple of friends of mine, um, a couple of friends of mine, pastor friends of mine, minister friends of mine, uh, Pastor Sabrina Lewis and Evangelist Charis Riddick. So we will be together, uh, Pastor BJ Connects, and we're going to talk about healing the wounded woman women in the church in her position. There's a lot of women that are serving in their position, but they are wounded in their position. And we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be dealing with that on um, Friday, November the 6th. We will be seven o'clock PM. Mark your calendars. Pastor Sabrina Lewis of Word and Season Ministries um, and Evangelist Charis Riddick. We will be together on the platform, Pastor BJ Connections, and we were dealing with healing the wounded women in the church in her position. There's a lot of women that are serving but are wounded in their position. 
All right, so we're going to be dealing with that. So mark your calendars, 7 p.m. We will be Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Periscope Live. Amen. So mark your calendars for that as well by way of announcements. Thank you all so very much. I appreciate it. So, um, um, but tomorrow morning, 6.30 a.m., listen, we want to offer salvation to someone on tonight. We know that everybody that watches later now, or whenever you watch that you everybody's not saved but we want to offer salvation on tonight and we're going to pray with everyone on tonight so we want you to know that jesus christ loves you he loves you amen and so i don't care what you did or how you did it he still loves you we want you to pray this salvational prayer amen on tonight jesus i believe you are the son of god you died and you rose and you're coming back again Jesus, I am a sinner and I ask you forgive my sins. Come into my life and save me. If you pray that prayer on tonight, or even if it's later on and you prayed this prayer, I believe that you are saved. If you believe that you are saved, it's just like that. Amen. So we want to connect with you. We want to make sure that you can, we can walk you through this salvational walk. So if you want to connect with us, amen, you can connect with us and be a part of what we are doing. We will help pray with you, help counsel you. We will help you walk through all of this amen and lead you amen into a deeper life and a deeper word life and um deeper relationship with jesus christ god bless you let us pray on tonight for everybody else father we thank you we bless your name god we love you on today we thank you for allowing us to come together on this bible study night we thank you for your word we thank you for how you're proving yourself god for how you're speaking prophetically Lord god we ask that you will continue to bless your people you know what they stand in need of we ask lord god that you will deliver lord god we ask that you will make ways out of no ways we ask lord god that you will begin to lord god move upon every circumstance and situation. Thank you for their life. Thank you for what you're doing in their life and what you're going to do in their life. We thank you, Lord God, because you are very present help in every time of trouble. We say thank you. Hallelujah. And we ask that you will continue to allow your people to, Lord God, hallelujah, meditate on your word, that they will hide your word in their heart, that they may not sin against you. Keep them until the appointed appointed time deemed necessary in Jesus name. Have your way, God. We thank you for blessings. We thank you for miracles. We thank you for healing in the body, God. I pray that you would touch someone's body even now. Those that are dealing with sicknesses and ailments in their body, body, I pray that, Lord God, that you will heal right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for making a way out of no way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. We love you. May heaven smile upon you. We thank God for you, 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 and you. Have an awesome, awesome night.